Now, sometimes people read 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in an incorrect manner. This verse does not teach that we are to give thanks for everything in life, but this verse teaches that we are to give thanks in everything in life. Let me give you a for instance. I have mentioned this on previous occasions. My mother passed away with pancreatic cancer. And through that entire experience of my mother going through her treatments and how that cancer uh, took its toll on my mother as myself and my family watched that, I can be honest with you, I never thanked God one time that my mama had cancer. I didn't thank God for that at all. I hated my mama's cancer. And I prayed every day that, that God would take my mother's cancer away. But I did thank God that as she went through that experience, that my mother's witness and her faith in the Lord grew even as she was going through the cancer that she was experiencing. I did thank God that my mother had wonderful doctors, wonderful nurses, wonderful health care personnel who cared for her and loved on her and tried to help her and tried to encourage her. I thank God for that. I thank God for my brothers and my sister and their families who loved on my mama, took care of her, tried to do everything that they could do for her in her time of need. No, I did not thank God for my, my mother's cancer at all, but I found many things in that experience to give God thanks for. And so what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 does teach us, that in every situation of life, in every experience of life, and God's people are not immune from those experiences, but in every situation, in every circumstance of life, even in the hard things of life, even in the difficult things of life, there are things for which we can give thanks to God for. We don't give thanks, you know, when I have a flat tire, I don't say, thank you God for my flat tire. But I guess I could be thankful to the Lord that he gave me a jack to jack the car up with and a spare tire to put it on. You see and you understand what Paul is saying. In everything, there is always something you can find to be thankful to God for. Now, the Bible teaches us, and I think we know this from experience, that a thankful spirit and a thankful attitude is a characteristic of a true Christian. Ingratitude. Having an ungrateful spirit is a characteristic of a person who really doesn't know God, or at least they're not walking with the Lord as they should. It's kind of interesting. In one of those verses you kind of run over when you read the Bible, in Romans 1.21, the Bible says this of the unsaved, of the people who do not know God. One of the characteristics of those who do not know God, according to Romans 1.21, is this. They are not thankful. They're not thankful, which means that they may be thankful in a little circle, but they're not thankful to God for his goodness and for his grace and his protection and his provision and how he watches over them. They, 
they, they're not thankful to God. I, I was talking with my grandson a couple of days uh, this week as we celebrated Thanksgiving and, and we were out in the woods. <laughs> I mean, we were really in the woods. And uh, my grandson had gone fishing and uh, I was the support group for him going to fish. By the way, he caught three bass, pretty good too. And so we were walking around in the woods and we were told that there were some wild feral hogs out in the woods. And of course, me being the wise one that I am, was espousing wisdom to my grandson. I said, listen, do you know that the pig is one of the only animals that does not have the ability to look up? A pig can't look up. A pig doesn't have the muscle structure, the bone structure. All a pig can do is just look down or look ahead. But you'll never see a pig looking up into the sky. It's not possible. And then I said to my grandson, you know, some people are like pigs. He said, Papa, really? I said, yeah. They never look up and thank God for his goodness and grace. And I said, don't ever be like that pig. Always look up and thank God from whom all blessings flow. One of the characteristics of those who do not know God is they don't look up. And they don't, they don't thank God for his, his, the good things that God does for them. In fact, they don't even acknowledge that there is a God and they don't acknowledge that it is God who is blessing them. You know, God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. God brings blessings to those who believe and those who don't believe. But those who believe can understand that all blessings come from our Lord and He is worthy of thanks and praise. And the unsaved will give themselves, their self, themselves credit or karma or whatever their belief system may be for the good things that happen in their life. The unsaved person gives God no credit no thanksgiving for their life, for their breath, for the blessing of life that God gives to them. On occasion, an unsaved person may say, thank God, but they don't really mean it. It's just words that come out of their mouth. And so one of the characteristics, I think, of those who follow Christ, and especially those who walk with the Lord, is that, that we have a thankful spirit, a grateful spirit, even in the difficult of life and the difficult circumstances of life. I was thinking about this this week. When I first became a Christian, I didn't know anything. Then the Lord called me to preach, and just because you're called to preach doesn't mean you know any more the day after you were ordained than the day before. I still didn't know anything. But I felt like I needed to learn. So I went out to Blue Mountain College in Blue Mountain, Mississippi, and uh, that was Baptist school, and I wanted to get an education to, to help me to be a better student of the Bible over the length of my life. And one of the things that, that I remember that I experienced as I pastored my first church and I was going to the, the, the college there is, I remember I didn't really know how to pray. I didn't know how to pray. I mean, I tried to pray. I'm sure the Lord was gracious to hear my prayers, but I didn't feel like I really knew how to pray. Then I had a very difficult experience with my first church, and, and I went to the Lord, and I prayed. And you know, through that difficult experience, one of the blessings of that difficult experience was, in that experience, God taught me to pray. 
You know, sometimes the Lord allows you to face difficult circumstances to teach you things. Out of, the, out of the experiences of life, you come through those experiences and you turn around and you look back and you see the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God, even in the midst of all of that trouble and turmoil. And you think about the things you learn. Listen, there are things about God and about you that you cannot learn on the mountaintop. There are things about God and you that you can only learn in the valley and only learn in the storm. And so I was, I didn't give God thanks that I was going through that difficult time, but I can give God thanks that in that difficult time, he taught me a whole lot. <laughs> and I've learned, listen, you'll learn a whole lot more about yourself and a whole lot more about God when you go through the difficult circumstances of life than you will when you go through the mountaintop experiences of life. That's just the way it is. Listen, when you go through a difficult circumstance in life, just consider yourself in God's boot camp. God's teaching you something. God's trying to instill some kind of value in you. God's trying to give you instruction through that difficult time to help you to be what he would have you to be. You can't learn it any other way than going through that difficult time. And so when you're in that hard time, you're in God's boot camp, and be ready to learn and say, Lord, teach me. Help me to understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. It's not fair what it's going. I'm going through, but Lord, I'm open. Now teach me. And God will. Now, we're to be thankful people. So how often are Christians to give thanks every day? What are we to give thanks for? Now, I'm a prayer list guy. I have a prayer list. I, I've got a prayer book. I you know, list my prayers and all that kind of thing. And uh, the older I get, the more I realize I need a list. You know, Miss Harris will send me to the grocery store with a list. About half the time, the list never makes it to the grocery store. So I have to call her and say, what was on that list? And she said, I don't remember. <laughs> have you all ever had that conversation? I don't remember what the thing is. So, so I'll rummage around and get what I think we need and bring it home. But I, I, it's a good thing to have a prayer list. And a part of that section on my prayer list is to give God thanks. By the way, you, you were just blessed by God right that second. Did you know that it is God who gives you every breath you take and every beat of your heart and every second of life? You were just blessed by God. Oh, there was another second and another blessing. Every day we experience the blessings of God. And so every day we should thank God. So what should we thank God for? Well, first of all, I think that we should thank God for our salvation. Not a day should go by that we do not thank God for the salvation that he has provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, I took it upon myself to study that word indescribable in the original language. And it's really an undefinable word. It's a word that has all kinds of root meanings and all kinds of root connections. It means, to put it in modern vernacular, it means wow, super, cool, good, wonderful, and pile all of those kind of adjectives on it. 
What Paul says is there's a gift that God has given to you. It is an indescribable gift. It's a, a gift that God has given to you. One of many, but this is the greatest gift of all. It's an indescribable gift. And that indescribable gift is the fact that God gave his only begotten son to come into this world to die for you, to rise again, to make your salvation possible. Now, isn't that an indescribable gift that God would give his only begotten son for me? God gave his son for me, for me. He loved me so much. You see, we read John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Well, how does God love the world? One person at a time. God loves the world collectively, but remember, God is God. You're not, how do you love? Well, you love one way. God loves another way. And the way God loves the world is one person at a time. God's love is personal. When Jesus died on the cross, yes, he died for the world. He died for all mankind, for every generation. But he also died for me personally. He gave himself for me to save me from a lost life and a lost eternity. Now, how can I not thank God for that wonderful gift? Each and every day, it is indescribable. How could God love me so much that he would give his son who was God himself who willingly came to do what he did to make my salvation possible? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Peter said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, for we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be, to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have, have been grieved by various trials. Here's what Peter is saying. Even in the trials and the difficulties of life, we are to thank God for the eternal salvation we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> so every day we should thank God for our salvation. Secondly, we should thank God for the security of our salvation. <laughs> you see, here's the truth. The God who saves us is the God who keeps us saved. You can no more save yourself by your works than you can keep yourself saved by your works. We are saved by grace and we are kept saved by grace. It is grace that has seen us thus far, and it is grace that will see us home. We should thank God for the security of our salvation. I wouldn't trust the security of my salvation to me for the best five seconds of my life. Jude one twenty four reminds us to give thanks for that security. Jude writes, to him who is able to keep you from falling. See, you are not able to keep you from falling. If you, the security of your salvation depended on you, you'd be lost today. If you could lose your salvation, you would. 
Jude writes, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. I'm so thankful for God's grace, his saving and his securing grace. And we should thank God for that. Now, sometimes, you know, people will say, well, I don't believe in all that once saved, always stuff. Because, you know, what you believe is you can get saved and then go out and live any way you want to live. <laughs> I've been saved and I live any way I want to live. And the way I want to live is for the Lord. I want to love Him and live for Him. Listen, God's saving grace is not a license to sin. If a person thinks that God's saving grace is a license to sin, if a person believes that the grace of God is a license to sin, they have never known the grace of God. If you ever run into one of those rascals that say, well, now that, I can, and now that I'm saved, I can go out and do anything I want to do and live any way I want to live, they have never known the grace of God. The grace of God motivates you to holiness it does not motivate you to sin. I'm so grateful for my salvation and I'm grateful for the security of my salvation. Thirdly, I think we should thank God every day for God's protection and provision in his life. See, oh, brothers and sisters, one of these days you're going to stand before the Lord and he's going to reveal to you how many times unknown to you. God has intervened in your life to heal you and to help you and to protect you from hurt and harm. See, God made a gift to us and he made a promise to us and that, that promise is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That doesn't mean in the future. It's written in the present tense. That means it's true now and it will always be true. God will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Even in times of trouble, when you can't see his hand at work in your life, even when you don't feel the presence of God in your life, God is still at work in your life as his child, working all things together for your good, to give you wisdom and strength and guidance and direction and comfort. God is the source of all blessings of life. And we should thank God for that, for his protection, for his provision. God has saved your life numerous times and you didn't even know it. Through the little nuances of life. I had a wreck one time. I was in uh, Thomaston, Georgia and going into town and the chief deputy of Upson County ran a, ran a stop sign. I didn't run the stop sign, he did. He should have known better, don't you think? He ran a stop sign and I, we collided, and I went into the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And afterwards, somebody asked me, he says, well, why do you think that happened? Yeah, it happened to you. You're a man of God. Why do you think that happened, that God let you have that wreck? And I said, well, you know, it could be this. He could have been protecting me from something even worse down the road. I could have had that little accident to protect me from getting taken out down the road. <laughs> You know, God is good. And he, will he has protected us and he has provided us for us numerous times. And when you get to glory, God's going to show you all of those times when he intervened in your life to protect you and provide for you. 
One more reason and glory to give God great, a good, your, your, your praise and your honor and your worship. And God is the source of all of our blessings. Food, clothing, shelter. You know, we take those things for granted, don't we? Food. We don't think about, you know, not having food. Food, clothing. Thank God we have some clothing. Shelter, a home, a family, health, abilities, opportunities. God is the source of all of those things. Every breath I take, every beat of my heart, every moment of life, all that I have, God is the source. He has protected me. He has provided for me. How thankful we should be for God's protection and for his provisions. Also, we should be thankful for the good and special people in our life. It's good to have good friends, isn't it? Good to have a church family, special people, people that will help us, people that we can help, people that will pray for us, people that will encourage us. How special it is to have family that loves us and friends that love us and, and friends that will invest their lives into us and we can invest our lives into them. We should thank God for the good and the special people in our life. And every now and then, God will allow a little heavenly sandpaper to come into your life. Those people will be a little rough, you know? They might rub you the wrong way. Get it? Heavenly sandpaper? They come into your life? But even then, God will allow some difficult people to come into your life because he uses those people to help you to become what he would have you to be. See, when, when difficulties come in life, if you're a child of God, God has a design, he has a purpose, he's got something going on. Look for the hand of God and listen for the lesson of God Amen. that he's doing in your life. We should thank God for the good and special people in our life. Our good friends, the family we love. I was able to get together with my family for Thanksgiving, first time we've done that since the pandemic. I've got two older brothers, they're nuts. But they're screwed on the right boat, you know? Younger sister, we all got together and Miss Avers recorded our 12 days of Christmas. Brother Chuck, we need to play that. So. You'll never hear it again the same way. It was awful. It'd be good to have family that you can love on and that you can be with. And my granddaughter, can I have a granddaddy moment for just a moment? My daughter put on a concert for us. She played the piano. She sang Third Street Baptist Church in Cordell. I've got the recording of her song if you'd like to hear it later. Oh, my word. I don't know where this child got this talent and ability, but it wasn't from Papa. I am absolutely confident of that. Isn't family special? I hate it when families get crossways with one another. You know, and this one falls out with that one and they get the fussing and the fighting and all that. I, I, I hate to see that. Family should be family. Friends that we have. We should be thankful for good and special people in our life. We should be thankful for the promises of God. You know, I'm sure people have made promises to you and they've broken those promises. That's disappointing, isn't it? You know, they make promises. Look, somebody promised me that the Braves were going to win the World Series this year. That was a broken promise. 
Of course, that was a little beyond that person's ability to deliver, but I understand that. But you know, sometimes people will promise you something and they'll maybe, you know, usually they keep the promise, but sometimes they'll break the promise. I can tell you this about God. He never, ever, ever breaks a promise that he made. Psalm 18:30 says that the promises of God are true. God keeps his promises. He's the promise keeper. We should thank God every day for the promises that he has already kept to us and the promises he's going to keep. I thank God for his promise to watch over me and to care for me and to protect me and my family, to provide for me, to never leave me alone. I thank God for the promise that Jesus is coming again. He made that promise and Jesus is coming again. I thank God for the promise of heaven for the promise that there is a heaven. You know, people live their life these days with the uncertainty of what's going to happen when I die. Well, God has made promises about what's going to happen to you when you die. One of those promises is if you're a child of God, you've got a home in heaven. Heaven! Heaven! Heaven. Just as real as the place we're in right now, and even more so. I thank God for the promise of the reunion with my loved ones in the Lord. The Lord has promised that. You know? In these days, when you have a loved one die who is a Christian, you don't say goodbye forever. We're not to mourn as those who have no home. We're just telling them, so long until we meet again. Isn't that a wonderful promise? That we will have a reunion with our loved ones in heaven. I'm going to see my mom again, my dad again, all my loved ones in the Lord again. Never! To be separated again. Isn't that a beautiful promise? I thank God for that promise. I thank God for the promise that one day. That I'm going to see him. I've never seen God. I've never seen the face of Jesus. I mean for 45 years I've been a pastor. And for longer than that I've been a Christian. And I prayed to my Lord and I sang songs to him and I've studied his word. And I've witnessed to other people about him, but I've never seen him. But he promised me, promises me that one day I will see him. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I believe that promise. And I thank God for that promise. And it's that promise that keeps me going. You know, these are tough days for Christians. We're ridiculed, made fun of. You know, and right now, right now, at this moment, Walmart is full of folks doing their Sunday morning shopping and all that kind of thing. We're gathered here. I can guarantee you this. There's a whole lot more people at Walmart there this morning than there is in Mercedes Baptist Church. They think light of what we do. They think nothing of what we do. They just soon go on with the normal activities of life. Then maybe one day a week to give some time to, to worshiping the God who made them and the God who loves them. You know, we, we live, uh, the people make light of what we do. They ridicule what we do. But God has promised that what we do has an eternal difference. Amen. And he's with us. And it's hard to be a Christian these days. So what do you do when it's hard? I tell you what you do, brothers and sisters. You keep on going. You don't stop. You don't stop. I don't care if something's happening in your life that you can't understand. You don't stop. 
I don't care if there's something in your life that you think is unfair. You don't stop. I don't care if the whole world's against you. You don't stop. You have the tenacity of Noah. Bless his heart. 120 years building on that boat. People laughing at him. He's preaching to them. Gets no converts outside of his family. But every day, you know what he did? Every day he got up. He ate his cereal. He grabbed his hammer. And he went to hammering again on that big old boat. He never stopped. Don't stop. The Lord will keep his promises. Will it be worth it in the end? Amen, it will be. <laughs> Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, never has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Yes, it will be worth it in the end. Now, in closing, what are the benefits of giving thanks? Well, the Bible says that giving thanks is good for us. It's good to have a thankful attitude. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Having a thankful spirit, having a positive attitude of gratitude to God is good for us. It's good for you to be thankful. Now, you can be an old gloomy Gus, okay? You can see the wrong side of everything that happens in the world. You can do all of that. But it's good to have a positive attitude of gratitude. And we've got a lot to be thankful for. It's good for us mentally. It's good for us emotionally. It's good for us physically. It's good for us spiritually. It's good for us in our relationships. It's good for us in every way. It's good to give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 92, what? It's good to give thanks to the Lord. It's good for you to give thanks to God. And there's no exception clause. Even when life is tough, give thanks. Even when the world is battering on you, give thanks. Even when you're in the valley, in the storm, give thanks. It's good to give thanks to God. Second of all, giving thanks honors God. You want to honor God? Psalm 52, 23 says that offering praise and thanksgiving to God honors Him and glorifies Him. It honors and glorifies God when you give thanks. <laughs> when you have a sense of gratitude to God. That you owe everything in your life to Him. You say, well, I worked hard. I worked hard to earn my house or to earn and buy my house. I worked hard to build my business. Who do you think gave you the strength to work hard? Who gave you the mental ability to do what you do to make sure that you can do your job? Who gave you those things? Not you yourself, it was God who gave you those things. So if he gave you the opportunities and he gave you the ability to work hard, he gave you the, the mental ability to be able to carry out the task that you do for your job to earn money. As, as Moses told the nation of Israel, as God told the nation of Israel through Moses, never forget it is God who has given you the ability to earn your wealth. Yeah, you may have worked hard, but God gave you the ability to do it. Giving thanks honors God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Giving thanks helps us, uh, keeps us, helps keeps us from being bogged down in the burdens and the problems of life. You can get bogged down in that stuff. I remember I was a kid. 
I was such a dumb youngin, as I think of it sometimes. I'd love to get my daddy's big old rubber boots on after it had rained and get in a mud puddle and see if the mud would suck the boot down and take it right off my foot when I tried to take another step. Now, isn't that dumb? What kind of game is that? But you know, sometimes in life, you, we can get bogged down in the troubles and the trials of life when life is hard and it's unfair. We can get bogged down. We need to lift our eyes above our problems to the one who will see us through, to the one who will give us victory. <laughs> give thanks. Give thanks strengthens our trust in God. Isaiah 12, 2, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Giving thanks strengthens your trust in God. Giving thanks to God also does not allow the adversities of life to defeat you or shake you from God. In fact, giving thanks in difficult times makes you spiritually tough. You don't want to be a spiritual weenie where every little thing in life will knock you away from the Lord and every little thing in life that goes wrong will challenge your faith and, you know, and you'll go through all of this, this, this spiritual turmoil when some little thing comes along that maybe you, you don't like or something going on in your life. Man, you need to be tough. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he was in prison. The longer he stayed in prison, the tougher his faith got. Giving thanks will make us spiritually tough. By the way, you know, when you face a battle in life, you face a battle here in life, at this juncture in your life, you face a battle. It could be that the Lord is preparing you for the next battle that you're going to face. This battle may be teaching you things, instilling things in your life, that will prepare you for the next battle to come. Why does the Lord let us go through those battles to teach us things? Also, the Lord let us, lets us go through those battles to gain victory. Yesterday, Georgia played Georgia Tech. Why did those coaches let the, those teams do that? I mean, why did, why did the Georgia coach let them play Georgia Tech? They could have lost. They could have lost. Why didn't the coach say, no, we're not playing this game, we might lose. No, they played the game. They went through the adversity. They went through the battle. Now they're ready for the next battle in your life. You're going to face some things. But see, if you're a child of God, you look at life from a heavenly perspective. You don't look at life from down here. You look at life from up there. All right, I'm going through this. And maybe this is preparing me for what's coming next. And so we are to give thanks even in those things. James 1, uh, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy. What in the world is James talking about? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. James is saying when a trial comes, God's teaching you something, getting you ready for the next thing you're going to face. I told the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, look. There ain't much left of me, you know, but I'm going to give you what I got. And I'm going to tell you right now, Lord, I want to be a warrior for you. Not in the sense that I'm going to go out and kill people, 
But I want to stand strong for you. When the world is falling apart and people are denying you and running away from you, help me to be a warrior for you and stand for you each and every single day. Now, when you pray a prayer like this, that like that, be prepared. You're going to face something today that will prepare you for something tomorrow. But the Lord will be with you in all of that. Another thing, giving things chases, chases away anxiety. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Giving thanks chases away anxiety. Listen, hard work won't kill you, but stress will. Y'all need to write that down. That's profound. Hard work will not kill you, but stress will. Giving things chases away anxiety. I can't tell you how many times I've gone before the Lord anxious over things in my life, anxious over things I'm facing, anxious over things that me or a loved one are dealing with, anxious coming before the Lord. But I'll get up off of my knees and I'll find peace. You know, you don't have to take that pill to relieve stress. You know, I like to watch the, some of these detective shows. By the way, when I grow up, I want to be a detective. Because me and Miss Harris watch these detective shows. And we'll try to figure out who done it. And I'm good at that. Matthew can tell you that. I'm good at that. The other day we were watching the show. And in the first minute, I said, he did it. And everybody else said, no, he didn't. Uh, no, I don't believe that. I, no, that can't be. At the end of the show, guess who was right? Thank you very much. I, he did it. I knew he did it. <laughs> oh, man. Listen. Giving thanks. And, you know, and, and he, all these detective shows, they always went in with them going to a bar because they've had a stressful day. Listen. Alcohol and pills are not going to take your stress away. They just cover it up. They don't make things better. They make things worse. You know what will take your stress away? Going to your Creator and praying to your Creator and worshiping Him and saying, Lord, you can tell me what's going on, but if you don't want to, that's all right. I'm going to trust in you anyway, and I'm going to walk with you anyway. That's how you relieve stress. Finally, giving thanks brings victory to our life. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, For the Lord is your God. For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Giving thanks brings victory. Listen, I wrote this down. I thought it was pretty good. See what you think. The Lord will not allow those who are faithful and thankful to Him to be conquered, overcome, or defeated. I believe that's true. The Lord will not allow those who are faithful and thankful to Him to be conquered, to be overcome, and to be defeated. Thankfulness is a mighty weapon that God will use to sustain us. And so, let every day be Thanksgiving. Amen? Now, we can't eat all that turkey every day. And I was doing good till I got to the dessert table. 
and then that pecan pie and all that other stuff, see, and that's just, okay. But every, minus the food, every day should be a day of thanks. Now, sometimes you'll say this, I don't feel like giving thanks. I don't, I don't feel like it. Don't want to. I don't feel like giving thanks. Well, let me tell you something. Our feelings are the most shallow part of our personality. You can feel good one minute and terrible the next. Your feelings, they're important, but they're the most shallow part of your personality. You don't want to live your life according to your feelings because that will get you into big time trouble. Your feelings are the most shallow part of your personality or your, your who you are. Instead of following your freedom of feelings, there are times when we should force our feelings to follow what we know we should do. In other words, give thanks even if you don't feel like it. Let your feelings catch up to where it ought to be in your life. Give thanks, give praise. By the way, do you know when you should pray the most? When you don't want to. You should pray the most when you don't want to pray because there's some spiritual battle going on in there you know you've got some enemies that don't want you to pray satan doesn't want you to pray the world the system of the world the spirit of the world doesn't want you to pray your old stinking flesh that you know the residue of your lost life uh, after you were saved that residue is still there that doesn't want you to pray so when you got those enemies arrayed against you and, and you don't want to pray you know what you need to do pray anyway and tell them all look get thee behind me I'm praying anyway there have been many a time when I didn't feel like praying didn't want to pray there was a tug not to pray and I said look Chris Hall you listen to me I listen to me when I talk to me you get out on your knees and you'll pray brother because now you need to pray. Don't allow your feelings to control your life. There are times when you do what you're supposed to do. Do what you need to do. Let your feelings catch up with what you need to do. So when you don't feel like giving thanks to God, give thanks anyway. Your feelings will catch up. <laughs> and I believe that the closer we are to God, the more thankful to God we will be for His blessing. You want to gauge how close you are with the Lord? How thankful are you? How grateful are you? The closer you are to God, the more thankful you will be for His goodness and for His grace. I pray everybody here is a Christian. Man, I want everybody to be saved. I sat in that stadium yesterday, 93,000 or whatever people, I looked over, and see, I have this mindset. I looked all over those, that stadium, and I said, I wonder how many of these people are Christians. How many of these people are saved? I wanted them all to be saved. I, and I even said a prayer, sitting right there. I said, Lord, I don't know all these people. I don't know the people I'm sitting beside. You know, they were good people. I don't know the people. all these people. Lord, I want them to be saved. Even the Georgia Tech people. <laughs> I even prayed for them. I want them to be, I want people to be saved. I want everybody to be saved. Man, I'm saved. God gave me. God saved me by His grace and mercy. And the Bible says when a person comes to Christ, God puts a new song in their mouth. He even changes how they talk. God will put a new song in your mouth. It'll go something like this. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. 
Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so full and free. Now today I want you to be saved. If you're not a Christian, I want you to be saved. They say, what must I do to be saved? Well, I'll come, come to me and I'll help you. Yeah, you must repent of your sin. Just admit you're a sinner. Uh, Brother Chris is a sinner. Everybody here is a sinner. The only difference between me and you is I've already confessed my sins to the Lord and I know I'm a sinner. And I've repented of that and asked Him to forgive me. And I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. That He's the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Don't understand it. To this day I don't understand it, but I believe it. I believe it with all of my heart. And if you give your life to Christ, He will save your soul and He will change your life. He'll change it today and forever, even and into eternity. Come to Christ.